Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fly Sweep Podcast. Got a special episode for you guys today. Got our friend Raider Cody on with us. We're going to get Cody's take on the uh, Buckner versus Tom Cable debate and then talk some offensive line expectations. And of course, since we got Derek Carr, or since we got Cody on, we got to talk some Derek Carr. Jose, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest to the people? Oh, man, the mayor of Derek Carrville, but <laughs> nah, not, not just more than that. That would be just diminishing what Cody does just on a day-to-day basis in terms of his Raiders. This guy is like a true diehard Raider fan. I can't I can't knock his hustle, his game, what he does with how he his loyalty, his passion for the Raiders, as well as creating and putting out a fantastic podcast that he gives us every week. Just his just his hustle and everything, his grind to getting guests and bringing in quality content. It's second to none. You, it's just unique, and I really admire the guy. Hence, why we're 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 bringing on him right now to give us some of his fantastic takes. So, Cody, it's I'm we're really happy to bring you on, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate the kind words, Jose, and thanks to you too, Matt, for bringing me on here. I I like I've always liked your guys' follow, uh, everything you bring to the table already, and it's hard to get your opinions through Twitter. You guys know that, so it's cool mm-hmm. to see you guys get on the mic and uh, really hear the the true meaning behind your opinion and what's going on, guys. So yeah, thanks again for bringing me on. Hey, no problem, man. We appreciate you coming out. Yeah, of course. First thing we got to ask you, so your Twitter avatar, the whole Raider Cody <laughs> image, it looks like <laughs> the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland, like stepped into <laughs> Mad Max's world. Like, what's going? You got to go. give me the backstory on this. What's going on with that? Well, you know, man. Whenever I whenever I first started, uh, really avidly watching Raider stuff it was with my dad going to games all the time it was pretty much just me and my dad my mom wasn't too into it my uh, the rest of my family wasn't too into it and uh, being my dad who he is he, he's a real uh, classic rock kind of guy so he likes to really bring it back kind of like the LA Raider days when we're going to the stadium man we're listening to it we're pumping out ACDC oh, okay. you know we're pumping out everything we can yeah, right. uh, so I mean, one of our guys kind of, I've always like looked up to that image like Slash. So I'm like, you know what? If I can just bring out like a, like a dead Slash back to the Raiders, that's going to kind of what I, what I want to do. But I don't necessarily want to be known as like some like super fan. Like this is what I look like. Um, I kind of want to just be known for like, like, like an online platform, but you know, the avatar just kind of, it's stuck off a, off a good picture. So that's what, that's the story behind it. Hey, I like it. You don't have like, so you don't have like the full get up like that we see you people on TV. <laughs> nothing nuts, man. Nothing nuts. I got a custom jersey and stuff. I got some chains <laughs> that hang off me, but nothing nuts. I got to stay comfortable, man. It's a long game over there in Oakland, so I got to stay comfortable all day. Yeah, for real. I don't know how those people do it, but I, I was kind of hoping you would be one just so I could ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the spike shoulder. Hey, you never know. Stuff evolves, man. Some of these guys, you look at the violators, early pictures and stuff. Things true, change, Gorilla Rilla, you know, they, they keep adding. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. But I'm trying to add uh trying to add digitally more than I guess uh, how I look. So we'll gotcha. see we'll see where that goes. Sounds good, man. Oh, the other thing I had to bring up, has anyone ever told you you basically look just like Jock Peterson? <laughs> oh dude. You know what? I almost regretted <laughs> posting that picture like five minutes later. Somebody says, you look like you play for the Dodgers. I'm like, dude, people are going to start saying I look like Jock Peterson. <laughs> oh, my God. I've had probably, I don't know, a dozen people say that. I mean, you know what, though? I'll take it because the other uh, comparison I've had on Twitter is freaking Phillip Rivers. And I'm like, you know what? We'll take Whoa. Jock. We'll take Screw Jock. you guys. I'll take Jock Peterson. <laughs> yeah. 
You're just a ringer in that picture you posted, man. I had to say it. <laughs> it was the sun of my eyes, man. It, it threw me back. <laughs> Moving on to some football talk. Um, I know Jose and I talked about it last time. Uh, I talked about it with Mo. I uh, wanted to get your take, Cody, on who's facing more pressure, who's feeling the heat this year between um, Breston Bruckner and Tom Cable. Obviously, both last year, the offense and defensive line had their struggles, and both are going to be looking for a lot of improvement and going to be really key to the Raiders' success this year. Shoot, man. Uh, it, it's hard to, to choose one or the other because I feel uh-huh. like I can pick both in two different ways. Um, <laughs> Tom Cable, for one, I mean, is a guy that's just extremely disappointed us. And uh, I don't want to say he has high expectations. I just want to say, like, this is your last chance, dude. Like, this is what you got. So um, unless you can take some of these new pieces to your offensive line and really turn it around, uh, you're kind of on, on the chopping block there, Tom. Um, on paper, this, this offensive line, there's no reason that they can't be just as good as they were in 2016. Um, I mean, not, I'm not going to hold them to that standard, but shoot 52 sacks man ain't even close yeah so uh for the most part i mean tom cable out out of the two of them absolutely but brinson buckner man um i just think his job should almost be the easiest because i feel like uh, he kind of has nowhere to go but up from what we did last year (laughs) you know what i mean i mean yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's like it it can't get much worse than 13 sacks like if that's happening again like we're having we're in trouble and they've and they've added pieces. I mean, really, our, our defensive line last year was nothing special. I didn't see us do anything out of the ordinary. Um, so I mean, if he if he can just come in and find a way to use some of these tools and get familiar with uh, Cleveland coming in and Max Crosby coming in, or find a way for Arden to get more involved outside of passing downs, um, there's there's nowhere to go for but up for Brinston Buckner in this defensive line. Yeah, the Mo Moten interview, we said a lot of the same things as you. It's like. Not quite as not quite as uh, high of expectations when you had the year you just did last year, and then with Cable. I mean, hell, the dude's been the head coach of this organization. Like we've seen a lot from Cable. Like we've seen a lot. It's kind of like now it's put up or shut up time, and there's so much invested in the O line. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of the whole O line, you know, I'm kind of curious what your guys' takes are, how it compares from this year to last year. You know, we have a few guys coming back, but. Obviously, with Miller, there's um, expectations coming in year two, new left guard and incognito, and then the new right tackle and Trent Brown. So I'm curious what your guys' takes are on the offensive line going into 2019. Jose, what do you think, man? Oh, you're going with me? Perfect. I'll let you go, man. (laughs) I'll let you go. (laughs) You're such a gentleman. Um, You know what, guys? It's it's. Everyone's going to point to the obvious one, Colton Miller. You know, you don't invest that high in a first-round pick on a guy who coming out of college had so many, like, question marks, who still has a lot of sharp corners that need to be, you know, shaved down, become perfectly molded into a solidified uh, offensive tackle. So yeah. that that goes without saying. That, that, that's anything everyone can say about that. Otherwise, that pick begins to look extremely bad. Which, speaking of a bad pick, you know, you look at Brandon Parker, who's already lost his job, and he, they're talking about getting him into becoming a guard, which at that point yeah. it's like, well, you got to do what you can to salvage it, but you're pretty much saying, you, you know, we kind of whiffed on this pick if we're trying to put him into a guard position and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I am think I'm going to steal a little point that uh, Mo said on our podcast last episode was, how is Trent Brown going to fare under this new offensive line with Coach? How is he going to fare with Tom Cable? Because... We, we know he's going to be solid for sure. He's going to be solid, but how good, how great he's going to be because coaching is a big deal, and he did bring up about how 
how Nate Soldier, when he left, went to the New York Giants and just completely looked just absolutely garbage, was not that great. And it's a lot of it ties back into coaching. And then even if you look back at his in the Trent Brown's time with the 49ers, who I have a firsthand look because I live in San Francisco, he was good, but like his technique, discipline definitely was a fault of him. It was an error of his ways, became penalties and such. Then he fast forward it, he goes to New England, and all of a sudden, look, he looks like any other player that goes to New England, looks polished and great. Yeah. So he's gonna be he's we can pencil on him in. I wouldn't say he's a variable as such, but I wouldn't assume anything. And, of course, we know Rodney Hudson is going to be him, the captain of the offensive line. And at that point, you just really got to look at the guards. Is it Cognito? How is he going to hold up in terms of longevity of a season? Conditioning-wise, you know, those five road games. And Gabe Jackson, can he, like, have a little bit of a bounce back? So it's, it's definitely going to be telling compared when we look from last year. It's just 100%. Everything is going to be locked in on pass protection because – if that's not there, then it doesn't matter what Derek Carr can do. It doesn't matter what John Gruden's going to call, essentially. Um, the offense is not going to be able to get going. So Cable, definitely tying back to the original question, so much pressure on his table, on his hands right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, man. And even with, uh, I like it, Colton Miller and Trent Brown are obviously the two biggest pieces in this whole debate. Mm-hmm. Um, Trent Brown coming in was, like you said, at the Niners, nothing special. He's playing right tackle. Goes to the <laughs> Patriots, and I think he goes through that that normal transition phase where he you know, he has a few, like, you know, whatever, four or five games probably or the first half of the season to kind of break in and get used to playing left tackle. But he had a stellar freaking playoffs, man. Definitely. And just like you said, yeah, I mean, it comes down to coaching. Sure. Everybody does that in New England. I mean, you could take a mediocre player, and they're going to turn into almost Pro Bowl talent or at least be an extremely good team player that doesn't make that many mistakes no matter what. Um, so that's interesting to see how he comes in because even his presser, um, I, I don't like to be one that, that has a lot of concerns for new players coming in, especially a, a high, uh, paid offensive tackle, but coming in and just kind of having the attitude of, you know, wherever they put me, uh, I'm cool with it. I see that in a good way. And I also kind of see it in a way of like, did he care like coming in or was he just kind of collecting the bag and saying like, yeah, wherever you want me to play, man, I'll freaking play. Like who cares? You know? So uh, I'm interested to see if he comes in at right tackle and ready to tear things up um, and, and to settle that whole debate of whether that money is right tackle money. Uh, I'm not sure how much you guys have touched on this on this podcast. Uh, in the modern day shotgun offense, mm-hmm. I don't care, man. If your yeah, first no. reads to your left, it doesn't even matter. Like, you know what I mean? What's Whatever's coming from your right is now your blind side. And even if not even that, man, if, if we get over 1,000 yards or 1,200 yards rushing to the right, um, that uh, I, I'm – all on board with what Trent Brown got paid. But what do you guys, what's your opinion on our, on our newest guard? I'm sure you guys have maybe touched on him a little bit. Richie incognito. What, uh, are you, are you trying to set us up to get hate mail? This is what happened last time we talked. This actually Uh, is what happened. No, this is actually is, but no, I mean with you touch on it and I was actually going to speak on it. Of course, um, was Richie incognito, you know, there are good things he brings to the table. Obviously, being a pro bowler the last three years he played. Problem being, the most recent year was two years ago, and he's 36 now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously he's going to walk in and is the starter right now. But Jose talked about it. The way Brandon Parker, to me, saves his young career is by learning the hell out of left guard. At 36, you got to figure Incognito is going to be down for at least a couple games. I mean, you got to figure he's going to be missing, going to be hurting, and that's how he's going to get his roster spot back and really potentially even save his career. 
at this point and show that he can play left guard because as bad as Colton Miller was last year at left tackle, Brandon Parker struggled just as much at right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, definitely for him, it, like that's going to be key. I think he can end up, if he can make the transition, being potentially the left guard of the future and will, of course, make Gruden look a lot smarter for spending a third-round pick on him. You know what, guys? Um, last episode, Matt, and then right, right this episode, Cody, like you both pretty much said for the defense, defensive side of the ball, how much how much could it get worse in terms of a pass rush? Well, the same could be said about when it comes to allowing sacks. You know, 52. Yeah. That was, it's kind of ironic that fi- yeah. that it was 52 if you think about it. But no, no, 52 sacks. That's the most Derek Carr's ever faced in his career. That's absurd. So I yeah. mean, uh, let, let's look at it this way. Okay, Colton Miller struggled badly in pass pro most games than not, especially during injury. So he gets some some, some little leeway, some elbow room, but let's not hold that totally as like an excuse. Gabe Jackson, we know what he can do. He, he should be okay. Trent Brown was pretty good at pass pro, though he wasn't total like lockdown. He should be good, but he's really more so a run blocker. He's definitely like a monster that's just going to take on take you on by the throat and choke slam you like Undertaker. So... <laughs> Rodney Hudson, there's no explanation. We know he's a beast. Yeah. Richie Incognito, though, like I said, it, longevity, how's it going to last? Matt says he probably will break down, and that's definitely a, a possibility. But think about him. He He's he's a brute force, right? He's older. How is his reactions going to be? Because a lot of interior defensive linemen, you think of Aaron Donald's not saying that all of a sudden in the league there's a bunch of Aaron Donald's. But interior linemen, what they're teaching them a lot now, you look at them as more technique and speed. So your get-off is just you penetrate immediately inside the gap and you just you catch the offensive line at awkward points and possibly forcing them to hold you. So incognito, is he going to be up for that task? Is he going to be quick enough to do that? Because in run blocking, he probably will be a brute because that guy is like a monster. He's strong for sure. That's probably his best trait. But I'm a little concerned about that. That whole left side, you have incognito who's going to be questionable pass pro. You have Colton Miller who's going to be definitely – part of the Achilles heel because any defensive coordinator who's smart is going to put their best pass rusher and be like, hey, we're putting you on that side. Go wreck that that new kid. You know, I don't care about Trent Brown. I don't care about your ego, about you want to go up against the best. We need to win this game. Go after him. So that left side is going to definitely be intriguing. I, I feel like I've seen some people have so much of a positive outlook on the offensive line when I don't feel as great about it as well as defensive front, you know, because defensive front, you're looking at rookies, and second-year players being a pass rush. Well, this year you're looking at, like, just scraps you pile together. You know, Colton Miller, you're hoping he develops. Rodney Hudson, okay, that's the one, That's the one. you know, constant. Gabe Jackson, you, let's say he's a constant. And Trent Brown to a degree, and then Richie Cognito. So there's some variables, and it's like, what's what's going to happen? You know, how are they really going to be that good this year? If they allow 40-plus sacks, that's going to be a – that's something I definitely can see, and I hope it doesn't – end up that way so Derek can actually get some time to freaking throw guys i mean that yeah. seattle game yeah. that seattle game like holy crap it's like it's was like terrible it was, yeah it was just like said hike oh i'm already in the backfield like come on it's just it just cannot get to that level yeah yeah no i agree and i don't see even we're talking about richie incognito but i don't think he's gonna necessarily tie in i mean how is there not a suspension i get a few weeks ago we talked about uh you know we, we brought him in we're gonna work him out and we, they want to sign him, and they're saying, well, they're, you know, they're waiting on a possible suspension. Do they really know that he's not going to get suspended, or is that why they gave him that super cheap one-year prove-it deal? I don't. I mean, if it's me right now, 
I'm not going to say he, I don't think he's there until week five, at least. Still, you know what, Cody, I mean, that's, yeah. a good, that's, that's a great point, too, that actually me and Matt brought up when we talked about incognito. It's like, well, if you have an idea, if it is week five, holy crap, that's that's long, then why are you going to waste time giving him all these reps when you definitely should be giving yeah. it to the younger guys? And then I also, and then that's how it brings up to this. Gruden straight up does not care to develop young talent. He wants veteran people already because he wants them to already be hitting the ground rolling. That's why you see a bunch of veterans on the offensive front and a bunch of youngs on the defensive end, you know? So it's it's it, it kind of, like, makes sense in terms of you see it that way, and that's why it's like, now nah, we're getting incognito, and it also spells, well, Gruden really thinks he can win this year. And once again, of course, head coach, you need to have that idea that you're going for it. But that move, like, I want a veteran guy. We need an inside presence. I don't have time to waste developing some guy, which makes sense because you already are putting time to develop offensive tackle called Miller. So your hands are, are pretty full as well as developing an offense. But – yeah, especially, you know, if you think he's going to be suspended for, like, two, even two games, it's like, come on, man, that's those are two crucial games in the season mm-hmm. against the Broncos and the Chiefs, and if you want to have yeah, any type wins. of competitive, yep, if you want to have any competitive, like, you know, spirit out there, then you're going to need to be having players ready because the Chiefs are going to be ready. I mean, the Broncos, that should ideally be a win. Uh, but the Chiefs one, that's going to be yep. the, the intriguing one, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. I mean, like Cody said, I don't know of a situation right now where Richie is not suspended for at least a few games, like you're talking yeah. about at least those two. I mean, guys have been suspended for a way, way, way less. We, there needs to be a plan B at left guard, and especially if Richie's going to be your plan A. Yeah, something solid, man, because Richie's not necessarily going to be the guy even anyways, even if he's not suspended. And Lester Cotton, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of hope in this guy, but not right now, not anytime yeah. soon. Still, an and the same even with Denzel, Denzel Good. I mean, yeah. he did all right. I mean, if we if that was our plan B, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, but besides that, man, I mean, for that to be our final piece, that was probably the most Raiders move I've ever seen in my life. I mean, <laughs> really, just getting a 36 year old nutcase to just kind of top things <laughs> off. Like, yeah. Get the Bill <laughs> Romanowski seal of approval exactly i'm just like man you know what i'll just i'll roll with it i'll i'll support him on the field but man uh i know you guys don't want any hate mail but uh, <laughs> i i i, I, I myself smoke. off hate mail yeah i want all the smoke and uh man some of the stuff you see richie cognito off the field uh i absolutely hope that he gets everything figured out and gets his mind in the right place and gets back to football and obviously mayock has touched on that and the raiders get back to it but uh, i want to see it happen man and then uh at that point i'm, I'm a full-blown incognito supporter <laughs> and you know what I've, my favorite point when we talked about the, the incognito was from matt uh, <laughs> he said he's like he said mike mayock said this is a he's on a prove it year He's 36. What's there to prove, man? What the hell are you talking about? Like, Matt just dropped Thor's hammer, and I was like, damn, it's that's so a good true, one, dude. Though. I was like, what do you mean? What is there to prove? You're over here talking about spirit, but that, let, let's just let's just let's put it out there. This is obviously a Gruden hire. It's not like Mayock wanted an incognito. And then if you also think about it, if you want an incognito, which Matt also said this was a desperate move, and I agreed, then that means you definitely should have signed John Feliciano. You are he was already embedded in the system. There's familiarity. He's proven mm-hmm. to be a solid starter in this league um and to me guys i personally view guard as like also another interchangeable position so you figure if he's still young and he's there and he's proved durability and, and, and technique then why'd you let him walk i mean i know it takes two to tango to be you know to, to make it on the on like a mutual interest but you're really gonna tell me you didn't have first dibs on john feliciano you couldn't get a deal no. done i mean it's cheap with i mean his his 
contract with the Buffalo Bills, am I correct? Yeah, he um, did. Yeah, it wasn't even – I was like, dude, that's all you got? I mean, it's cool money, yeah. but, like, yeah. the Raiders going to have gotten that. Keep, you know, continuity, which is something you need, something why they give Carr that contract, Gruden that contract. So, yeah. you, it's – especially on that offensive line, once again, it's like you're, now you're just putting every, putting your chips in one table, even though it's only a few chips are, like, similar. Others are new. So, it, it's just – I didn't I – didn't, the plan was definitely not, not constructed well at that point. Yeah. On Feliciano, uh, I'm curious for your guys' takes. I don't know. I got the feeling that he didn't really want to come back. I don't know. I know when Coop was traded, he treated out that like gif of uh, the Will Fer- the not Will Ferrell, Will Smith gif from Fresh Plant Prince. This is a great for the podcast. Me describing a gif. Um, <laughs> but it, anyway, huh? he tweeted out it, something cryptic. <laughs> All right, I can't right. remember. If there was something else, I feel like that he tweeted out that kind of indicated to me maybe him and Gruden are a little bit on the rocks. Curious if you guys think that, like Jose, I know you mentioned it, there maybe wasn't that mutual interest with when it comes to Feliciano. Well, yeah, guys, I mean, like like I said, it takes two to tango. But I'm, I mean, yeah, that that was kind of that was a little bit cryptic, especially when after we all saw Coletio Semeli's, uh Dirty laundry airing out. Well, not dirty laundry, but how he's airing out the locker room and mm-hmm. definitely was a hit. I mean, of course, any locker room is going to feel that way. It's like, damn, man, you don't want to know that yeah. you're giving up, essentially, which that move pretty much, like, you know, seal and stamp it. So, I mean, maybe you just need a fresh start. You know, sometimes people need a fresh start from their jobs, and I don't blame him. You know, there's definitely no ill will, but it just feels like, you know, you could have it, it would have been worth to giving him a little more than the contract the Bills gave him. But once again, who knows if he wanted to stay or not. Yeah, maybe they're looking to give him a hometown discount. He was looking for starter money and a yep. and a real opportunity. Maybe he thought he was coming back to competition because wasn't that was that before the Coleccio simile trade that we didn't that he that he signed with the Bills? I believe it was. Yeah, because so, yeah, yeah. they traded Kelechi about mid March and Felicio signed and I think in like early. I believe. Yeah. So. so for the most part, I think that it wasn't guaranteed necessarily that he was going to be given a starting job anyway. So they're probably looking for that hometown discount, and I wouldn't discredit any question that you're asking there because really I, I feel like everyone that's not on this roster from last season uh could have most likely been a bad apple or in their their opinion not the direction that they're trying to go with the attitude but then i see pictures of him with Derek carr and um you know most of some of the the, the closer families or some of the yeah. closer couples that you know hung out on holidays and stuff like that makes me kind of second guess but just because you're cool with the players doesn't mean you're necessarily 100 percent with the organization so uh, I can, I can, you can sell me down the river each way. Yeah, for sure. I just looked it up. Feliciano's making just under three and a half million this year. So that's cheap. Yeah, something they easily could have afforded. Yeah, that's a value deal because once that's 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 just further proven that you don't need to go overspend on guards, which is a reason why they traded Colletio Semely. You know, you don't need you don't need these top guards. The only ones you need to really overspend are the tackles to the ends and even somewhat center. The guards, you can just throw in some young players, develop them, see what you can do since, you know, I know pressure's coming in from there, so it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years how guard gets treated. But right now it's definitely it's definitely proven that it's definitely an interchangeable position. You don't need to have the top ones, just decent enough sufficient guys in there, which is something Gabe Jackson is. And so speaking of pressure, guys, um, there definitely was a lot of it last season in terms of production and sacks accumulated on by the, uh, given up, I should say, from the offensive line. The pressure this year is going to be definitely interesting. Although I feel like 
leading up to 2019, there's definitely not as much pressure as 2018 season with Gruden's first year because all the talk was, he's getting paid. How much? You know, and yeah, it's like, well, yeah. he's not going to come in here and instantly make these guys like a Super Bowl contender. I thought they were good enough to, you know, to be a to be a playoff contending team. But obviously, Same. whatever Gruden's yeah. pace system didn't mesh well with the people, you know, it, it happens. Those weren't his own people. You know, maybe he could have adapted better, but, you know, it, he, he makes the shots. He doesn't have to. So, Derek Carr. Okay. <laughs> Since we have the mayor of Derek Carr's stands with us. <laughs> Derek Carr for president. Derek there we Carr, go. There, know, official I'm... campaign. Cody for vice. So yeah, guys, I, I I like Derek Carr. I've been. I'm also a defender of him too. People just don't really give him a fair shot. You know, you don't have this much turnover in his career. You know, it, it's it's insane what he's been given, dude. It's like you're it's like you're playing poker and every game you're given like a two and a nine. Not even same suit. It's like terrible. It's like what the hell? Why would I put my money in this crap? So I mean, I, you know, you got to give him a fair shot when you've seen him in 2016 in the second year of a system, uh, an of incumbent system. He balled out. He had great talent around him. I mean, he had good talent. He had great talent. So that's even better. You don't. You need to give him solid talent. He doesn't need someone great, which makes 2019 even better. He has great talent, Antonio Brown. He has mm -hmm. potentially great talent in Trent and Trent Brown, and then he has even more good around him. So it's going to be fantastic to see him play this year if the offensive line can get it together so we already hashed out offensive line and what that can do let's let's so let's under the, under the premise that offensive line does all right this year around 30 sacks or less which is pretty good yeah what are we looking for Derek Carr this year is this a prove it year for him or are we still giving him some leeway because oh well it's a new it's new players around him are we going to start doing that or what wh how are we going to view this cody how, how do you think this goes about for this season with your takes well whenever the the, the prove it year thing started kind of heating up now after you know we're adding all these weapons i uh, kind of it kind of triggered me a little bit because i'm like you know what like you know this is the nfl it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately kind of league mm -hmm. i feel like almost every single player is kind of on a on a on a prove it year you know what i mean i mean i'd give what maybe a dozen players in the nfl that could have bad years really bad years and have their job still be safe for the year after that just because they're they've you know their history has proved it for them i mean i'd say a handful would be i mean generous for the most part you know what i mean so yeah um for the most part i see like i know the narrative man i, I understand the narrative that Derek carr uh, can be considered average by looking at stats or accomplish accomplishments only like so far you know what i mean like he, he's five years into it um i see what he's done it's not, I mean, it's not like he's taking us into a drive into the playoffs. I can understand why people would want out, but I've seen the Raiders do the same thing to players over and over and mm -hmm. over again since Gannon. So whenever I look at, at this quarterback, the one that's kind of been through this dis dysfunction, has taken this team that wasn't great at all when he came in, played pretty well with some of the weapons that he's had, and you've seen what he's had whenever he's had happy, consistent wide receivers in Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Um so whenever I look at his intangibles and what he brings to the Raiders, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Derek Carr's the man or this year he's going to absolutely just blow up because, I mean, there's a chance that he doesn't or things don't go to plan or or the system is still kind of fighting him in a bad way. So um, I just have the confidence in the, in the work he does off the field. I mean, he tells us, he tells us enough in the press conferences. Um, <laughs> he, he's working every day, man. You know what I mean? And, and I don't like just because people are so tired of him saying that, doesn't mean it's not true. Um, him and AB all the time are working together, and they both want to win. Uh, so whenever it comes down to it, Derek Carr has the talent. He has the arm talent. 
He can make any throw. And as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm not going to say this is a prove-it year or this is what he has to do. I'm just going to sit here and tell you guys, let's sit back and watch this team hopefully win some football games with Derek Carr. And you know what? Before I want to let Mac obviously chime in, but you think about other NFL franchises who are still struggling to put their, put their hands in blueprints, foundations to a guy for a franchise quarterback. And it's like, wow, the Raiders mm-hmm. finally had one. You guys are ready to like move on now. It's, it's like, now you're thinking, Oh, the gas, the grass is always greener or like, Oh, we could do better. Like, why are we, why are us fans acting spoiled as if like we've been there with the quarterback yeah. before? Do like, no, we haven't. Remember the last like 15 years. <laughs> like exactly. exactly. That's why it's worth giving them this year. And depending on this season, you know, I want to add a little more context of what ha- context of what happens this season. But it's definitely a proving year for me. But like I said, look at the other quarterbacks who other franchises who are still struggling to get their quarterback and how many years it's gone. The Cleveland Browns, for crying out loud, finally lucked into Baker freaking Mayfield. And that guy's looking amazing so far. So, you know, yeah. it's you know, you just kind of you just got to kind of platoon what what Carr cannot do since he's not top of the elite then at that point now you gotta add just a couple more good pieces you don't need elite pieces because Amari and, and Crabtree were not elite they were good and it worked out for them so Matt what do you think about that yeah I mean as far as it being a prove it year you know I Cody I get what you're saying you know everyone's kind of on a prove it year and there Definitely. there is a lot of truth to that but I think what works against Derek's cars Derek Carr's case and what some people have pointed out is his contract. You know, the Raiders uh-huh. can walk away yeah. with what, like seven million in dead cap compared to twenty five if he ends up playing. You know, yeah. And I think when you look at the quarterback class coming in, you know, I'm a I'm a big Jake Fromm guy. I know he's not gonna be a top pick or anything like that. Um I do mm-hmm. like Tua too, and I know a lot of people in the NFL circles are gonna like Tua, especially with you know Herbert. guys like Russell Wilson and seeing how you know, Kyler Murray do to try and combat that short quarterback kind of deal. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. and I think when you factor those in, you know, you factor in the contract and who's coming up, it does add some pressure to him. And we know how impatient Gruden can be. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the other side of that, what kind of helped Derek Carr's case is if, let's say, and we're going way down the hypothetical and looking way too far down the road now, <laughs> But let's say Gruden, we already know they were at the national championship and we're watching that game pretty damn closely. Trevor Lawrence probably caught Gruden's eye. And that could almost help Derek bridge one more gap and buy him one more year. I do think Derek can get it done. I am a big believer in what he can do. You know, we we harp on it all the time or Raider fans love harping on it. His fourth quarter comebacks are unreal. And that's when you want your quarterback to shine the most. You know, I think... When we talk about win-loss record, yeah, win-loss record's not going to fall on the quarterback. That's a head coach stat. But what is going to be a big factor is how they perform in the fourth quarter when there's one when it's a one-possession game. You know, I look back to the Pittsburgh game last year, and that game for me won Derek Carr over. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I call back to the the dart he threw to Seth Roberts. When I go back and watch that play, the Steelers didn't have you know, bad coverage. Obviously it wasn't good enough, but Derek Carr put that ball in the freaking money. And that was like a 40 yard rope. And that throw to me just shows what he can do. You know, he's going to have the interceptions. He's got that gunslinger mentality and he's going to trust his arm. You look at like a guy like Brett Favre. I'm pretty sure Brett Favre's tops in like NFL interceptions of all time. Granted, he played for a long ass time. So that's going to happen. 
but I think you can put Derek in that same kind of category as, you know, this guy's going to make a few plays that you go, what the hell are you doing? He's going to make a couple bad interceptions. Those are just going to happen. But he's also going to put it on the freaking money on a rope for 40 yards down the field to win you the game. And ultimately, that's what I need to see from Carr. I need to see, I don't necessarily need to see 2016 Carr where every game he's coming back. But what I want to see is like a, a 2015 Carr where when we get the ball two minutes left and down, I've got faith that this guy's at least going to get us in field goal range. And I think that that Derek Carr is still there because we even saw it last year. Except the difference was was last year, even in, in 2016, 2017, all those comebacks that we had in 2016, I mean, Derek Carr was great. I, st- I still see those same things. But you know what really helped us win those games too was that even the defense came up clutch at times. Yeah. Turnovers. You know what I mean? Even, even Cleo Mack came in and stepped in. <clears throat> Trust me, I, I hate bringing his name back up uh, because he's gone, but – uh, e- even he stepped up and other players stepped up and ma- even freaking Reggie Nelson stepped up, came out and he made big game closing interceptions for us. So it's like, you, you see stuff like that happen. It's like, if we can just get a little bit of that back, that's all we need. I feel like to whenever we get to that close into the fourth quarter game, Derek Carr should have the tools to be able to get that done. And, and I definitely think he will, because even last year, uh, we talk about, of course, we need to get those sack numbers down, right? If the sack numbers do actually go down, Last year, as terrible as it was to watch, uh, is to me considered uh, kind of a blessing in disguise. Those 52 sacks are going to be a blessing in disguise because no matter what, like I said, I understand the narrative that he, that he's uh, that people can try and prove that he's average, even though I don't agree with it. I can see that they're trying to do that. I can see where people try and say like, "Oh, he's he's scared in the pocket." It, I don't think he's scared in the pocket, but I just feel like at some point, how many times are you going to get sacked until yeah. you? don't want to keep getting hit or you you know that the pressure is going to be there in two exactly. seconds like he, then people just, will he, fire back at him and be like well he's good sack all the time why are you why taking sacks and and yeah it's like, it's... there's nothing good he can do with that when it's like why don't people start realizing some of the good he did with the crappy roster last season once amari yeah. left once lynch came out and once pretty much they brought up everyone who was young which, Matt, I was listening to you talk about interceptions before. How many throws did this guy go without throwing an interception for the mm-hmm. second half of the season? That's impressive. Anything right yeah. about Jesus, man, that's crazy. And you think about <clears throat> you think about even though he went without how many with those many interceptions, that is a great trait. He didn't have yeah. in those in the in that span, he didn't have he maybe had like what, two fantastic like numbers games and just games where he just looked amazing. You think about that. He did that without a roster. Now you add Antonio Brown in there, Tyrell Williams. You got depth at receiver. You ideally improve. You feel like you improved at least slightly the offensive line. You got actually a legitimate running back attack with a committee all over. And now mm-hmm. you think about that. You take those numbers he had in that second half of the season, which at that time, now he got settled into the offense and had no problem just like, oh, I know where, this is, where we're doing with this system. And the second year, then, boy, he definitely should look – Outside of elites, I'm not gonna go as far like once again 2016. Although that that'd be the you know this definitely what we want. But let's not let's just let's not try to be like a little naive mm-hmm. with like the comebacks and such like that. But I can't I can't wait to see what he's gonna do this year. Second year, more tools. He's he definitely proved to us. I mean, it's evident how he how great he started playing second half of the season in the system. Yeah. That okay now he's now he's kind of making up for some of the some of the talents he lost. But some matchups, he's just not able to, like, you know, he can't really hit because, you know, he doesn't have someone who could run a good route like an A.B. or a Tyrell. He doesn't have a threatening of a a running back as Doug Martin for them to, like, 
you know, so it's going to be interesting to see, especially with Gruden a little bit, who I think he needs to put the pressure on himself. It's not just what, what can the offensive line block for Carr, but is Gruden going to call the optimal plays to make use yes. of the offense, you know, which is one number one thing. What I was pissed off about for a second year, where was the play action, guys? We thought we, yeah, we, yeah. we, you know, we blitzed and complained about Todd Downing in 2017, <laughs> you know, underutilizing that. Gruden did the same thing, and we all thought yeah. he was going to be the yeah. change. And it's like if you, if Gruden's supposed to be, you know, the somewhat of a the mentor, the headmaster of Sean McVay tree, then why does he not use enough movements? Why is there not he's not using enough scheming in the background to confuse defenses? You know, roll out Derek Carr, get him out of the pocket. He's got legs, and I'm not telling him to take off. And he's got a pretty good arm on the on the move. And now that you have AB at Tyrell Williams, send his ass on a go route. See what happens. Make yeah. him come underneath and sell it. So now you there's definitely no excuses for Gruden this year either. So if he can't if he can't make if he can't put Carr in the right plays, the right uh, the right system, which obviously the system's there. But if he can't you know set him up for success, then it's that that's how that's how I would feel. That would be the only the only excuse to Carr if the offensive line is doing his job. And I can I can say I can say that over and over again too because I feel like I'm gonna keep saying blessing in disguise. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna overuse <laughs> that word probably this entire uh, segment here. But for the most part, even like you know we're talking about sacks, you're, you're talking about no play actions, we're talking about wide receivers not getting separation. And I'm gonna say the number that we've heard all over Twitter this entire offseason. Yeah, he threw for 4,000 yards though, 70% completion percentage. It's so overused, but. He threw for 4,000 yards, 70% completion percentage, in the pocket, no run game, no play action, and no wide receiver that could get deep down the field. I mean, he literally was able to succeed in the hardest way possible in the short game. The the defense knew that most of the balls were going to go within 10 (laughs) yards of the line of scrimmage. They were defending it, and we still picked up yards that way. So now that we have weapons that can open the field up, Hopefully that open like I'm glad you said that Jose. Hopefully that opens the playbook up more, and uh, and Gruden and Carr can can find that system that works with their new weapons and get this thing rolling because well, yeah, obviously we're the, we're yeah, impatient. Definitely we're impatient. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. I mean, especially with all the tools now that they have. Now once yep. again, there's no excuse for them to have variety, and that's what you need in this league. Variety teams have been getting away with like like the Chiefs for example. They don't have a great array of talent. They I mean. They have like they have condensed talent, you know, Mahomes, and then you know, Damian Williams is a great talent. Ty, uh, you know, Hill, beater. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Kelsey. But outside of that, who do they really have? They have solid players, you know, and that's all a product of Andy Reid. Well, Gruden, yeah. are you gonna be? Are you gonna be a product? Are you gonna have your players be a product of you? And that's definitely something that we saw a little bit of because definitely watching film from from what I saw and even like Lewis Riddick. He compared 2017 to 2018 and saw like, oh, they'll be fine once they add some pieces because I'm seeing, I'm not seeing just one route, one one yeah. route plays, which is stupid. Not even high school offenses do that. I mean, you got to be some creative. You know, they're going to they're gonna move Antonio Brown in the slot outside, motion him. You motion him so he can doesn't so he doesn't have to worry about the jam. Get him on a go route or just do some shakes. It's going to be so much, and I just really hope Gruden is able to do that. He's able to like think of that, able to be this creative. And do these plays mm-hmm. and utilize yeah. Carr because Carr is solid in every point. He's not elite, but he's good as hell and can hit all these points. And I think having Derek Carr in year two in Gruden in Gruden's offense is going to help tremendously open up yep. that playbook because 
Yeah. Gruden doesn't have to worry about like, oh shit, did we rep this enough in practice so that Derek's going to know it? No, he's been doing yeah. it for more than a year. You can build on upon it in year two. And I think that's really going to open up the playbook for him because Gruden's not going to question if Carr can get it done. Agreed. As the, as the president of the Derek Carr stand club, <laughs> uh, I'll just say, man, I understand your guys's, your guys's takes fully, 100%. I don't disagree with any of it. I'm just the guy that believes that uh, having a quarterback that has loved being a Raider more than I've ever seen, more than almost <laughs> any true. other player yeah. I've ever seen. And, more and than the Jamarcus Russell? To the table, more than Jamarcus Russell, believe <laughs> it or not. Just want to clear that up. <laughs> I know, it's a little bit of a hot take, but believe <laughs> yeah. it or not, I think he loves him more than Jamarcus Russell. I just think he can get it done. And until he can't, um, or until he proves he can't, now that he has the weapons, I'll be here, man. I'll be here. I, and I'm ready for it. I just want to see us win some dang football games. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I feel you guys. I mean, at this point, um, like honestly, I don't, I don't give a damn about all these cute videos of him throwing an AB on a deep route. It looks cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, this got me excited for two seconds. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't care that freaking Derek Carr is walking in at 4:30. Good, you should be. That's a standard. You're getting paid for this, dude. Let's not act like it's something extra he's doing. You know, it's like, good. Yeah. You need to do this. There's no excuses <laughs> for you this season. So, like I said, if the offensive line is able to block decently. Then Carr, where's your excuse at? Is Gruden calling shitty plays, which he probably won't? I, I think he will. But once again, that's going to be the only excuse for me if the offensive line doesn't do the job. In the first half of the season, he was making like weird decisions. Like, well, this guy yeah. was overthinking it. You can tell, which is honestly scary to me because as a quarterback, if you're overthinking it, if you're making bad decisions, that's not something a coach can technically really has much to dictate. So the fact that he bounced back from that was great. I hope that carries into this season. So once again, to me, it's just totally a prove a year. If he completely flames out, then look, he, his contract I don't think touches the cap if they let him go after the season. So yeah, next Carr, season, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so you know, Carr, to me, it's a make it or break a year for him. No, let, let, let's change it up. I'm tired of football. I hate football. So oh. let's let, let's let's bring it up to here, Cody. So you're gonna head up over to the Monday night opener for 2019 yeah. against yeah. the Denver Broncos at the Collie. That's dope to see you, man. That's going to be good. And uh, I couldn't help but think and actually notice what you got there in your hand. A nice little uh, huh. a nice little cerveza right there, buddy. So, actually, it got me thinking. You know, I, I like to be a beer connoisseur. I love going to a nice little tap room here and there. I like to enjoy a little alcohol, give myself a little reward, you know. And I believe we all do. So, that actually, you know, let's make let's like a little fun of this. Cody, at your at your tailgate, what, what do you have on? What, what do you think you're gonna have on offer for beer? Like one thing that's guaranteed that's gonna be there. What beer is gonna be there? Well, for beer, I'll guarantee you it's gonna be in a bottleneck because if you've noticed my avi in my mask, not everything goes <laughs> through that mask. So it's gonna be most likely a Corona. I just kind of keep it. I keep it normal. Oh, oh, oh. I'm I'm that I'm that white boy that eats elotes and drinks Coronas at my tailgate. <laughs> um, you know, I like to pull up. I got the tailgate barbecue. Um, you'll see me there, most likely home opener. We might be in the RV lot. Um, but Corona's, Corona's going to be the go-to for me, man. I know you see me sitting here with a blue moon, uh, but it's hot. It's about 95 with uh, oh, no damn. wind movement in my garage. So we're chilling. We're, we're committed here. And uh, the, the, the blue moon was refreshing a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> The, the Raider game go-to is definitely, I think, a corona for me, man. What about what about you guys? What's... Wait, hold on, hold on. You said typical white, white boy, white guy. Come on, that's not a typical <laughs> white guy. The white guys I know are drinking, like, Sammy, Sam Adams. 
No, no, come on. I associate with grown men, not with high schoolers. No one thinks high, high school. Ooh, I gotta like... change my answer now. Oh, sorry, so God, man. I was going to the podcast. But drinking that Keystone crap. Come on, hey, man. I I have standards. I drink Coors Light. That's a standard. You must it's have a Keystone. Standard, it's like. There's light beer, there's like bush light keystone, I, and then there's like probably also think Bud McDonald's light. is like five star food while you're at it too, huh? Well, I mean, okay. where else are you gonna Coors get Light for a and the gangbangs? I'm telling you, that's what you eat right there. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not me. <laughs> if you if you're drinking and eating that, that means you're not gonna be sitting down watching the game the whole time. Every five minutes, you're gonna have to go change. You know, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom and you know you know drain the snake here and there like every five to ten minutes. So. That's that's not what I what I like. If if Cody, if I'm coming to your tailgate, the one beer I'm off top bringing is gonna be Saint Archer IPA. All right, man, oh, Saint Archer, I, okay. I, dude, I love that beer. I discovered that beer like two years ago. You know, my I had I had some people treat me to an A's game Memorial Day two years ago. After I, after I graduated from community college, they took me. We went to a bar. We tried this new renovated bar in the Collie that the A's did called Shy Park Tavern. And that place is like damn near a tap room. It's so awesome. I was just there the other week and just got just in, I felt like a kid in the candy store only except it was beer. So what we saw there, there were some things that I didn't like. I was like, I didn't want a Sierra Nevada. I didn't want, you know, I definitely didn't want a Modelo. I saw, I was like, what the hell is a, what the hell is a St. Archer, dude? Let me go, let me, let's, let's get some of this. And ever since then, it's like, that's been my default beer. Like not a beer that's like light, not a beer that's going to get you like fucked up. It's a nice seven percenter, you know. Plus, you add on the hops that gives its own, you know, you, you know, um, its own drunkness. So what is like almost a seven and a half. So it's it's cool. It's like it's nice. Get you nice and steady, you know. I, I I'll kill like three of them. And I'm like I, I feel good now. I feel great. It's like delicious as hell, dude. I love Saint Archer. So bring a little bring a little adulting to your party. Uh, your little tailgate with some Saint Archer. Change some lives. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not an IPA guy, but I can definitely respect. Uh... For most of the time that people uh, tell me that their favorite beer is a certain type of IPA or or they have a kind of a, a, a variety or a certain brand, I can respect it because they're obviously a beer enthusiast and, and <laughs> they get some enjoyment out of it. So I respect your I'm just I, I, I live a little bit too much of the simple life. Um, I don't like knowing what I don't know what that thing is I'm putting in my mouth tastes like 100%. So I just kind of <laughs> stick with things I already know. So I just stick with yeah. the Coronas and the No, yeah, I'm not trying to totally things. give you shit for liking Corona. You know, Corona's fair. It's like I'll mostly judge someone if it's just like Budweiser, Coors, Bud Light, all that crap. Like it's like if, if you drink a Mexican beer, it's like, all right, cool. If you don't like APAs, that's fine. If you're like an amber guy or a blonde ale guy, that's cool. But speaking of that, what, what, I swear to God, Matt, you better have a right answer for this. If you say any of those ones, I'm gonna I'm gonna blue skidoo through this work <laughs> camp and like Shawn Michaels sweet chin music you or something. So opposite of Cody, I'm a guy that likes variety, but at the same <laughs> he time, he likes a snake bite. He likes a hard cider snake bite. <laughs> you ever have one? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow. Yeah. White claws? No, I. Uh, that's the thing. If I'm going to a game, though, like. I'm going to bring a light beer because I don't want to sit in the sun and be pounding freaking IPAs. Like that just gives me the cotton mouth. It's all bad. Like I just want to pound something that's close to water. But if I had to bring some, I'm going with some 805. That's one of those blonde ales, but that's definitely going to be one of my favorites. 805s are cool. Man, I was just at Pismo Beach for a car show and uh, that's their thing all around there, man, is the 805. So oh, that's right. I'm, I'm all about it. I can. It's kind of another thing that was introduced to me. 
pretty long ago. So I'm I, I'm with it. I'm with it, Matt. I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards the the Matt Holder side over here instead of the to the Jose Sanchez side. But it's all right, man. I knew I liked Cody. No, it's cool. I like it here and there. It's not. It's it's definitely not not my neck of the woods, if you know what I mean. You know, so it's not gonna be my top 100 choice you know like but if it's there it's like all right i'll have one you know fire firestone's respectable i respect it i don't like it but i respect it you know <laughs> same thing with, with cody you like coronas dude that's cool you're supporting my people it's all good i like you so you know do, do your thing it's all good just don't be drinking no no uh high ph balanced water coors light that's that's something like you drink that's something you drink after a binger in vegas which probably it's going to happen to me this week since i'm going to be there from wednesday to monday so oh, let's go. check let's on me to it. see if i'm still alive guys <laughs> cody like i said we have a nice little segment at the end that we like to bring on matt and me matt does most interesting thing he saw i like to do my quack of the week because some people need to be like you know this guy's a quack you know some people just need to know this 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 guy is like out there so if you have something of your own brand you want to bring up, Cody, you're more than welcome. Of course, you are a guest of honor. Unless, but if you want to tap, tap on one of our two categories, you're more than welcome. So what do you think? What are you brewing? What's brewing in your head? Well, I'm going to kind of hit on something you guys hit on last week. Uh-oh. And that is someone had, uh, man, what do you guys call it? Like a trash take? What do you guys call it? Trash. I think that's cold. I think that's called like a stellar take. Uh, okay, no. so trash take of the second week in a row. Uh, I'm going to go with Jose, man. Jose, bro, okay, look, this isn't necessarily just about you, but it's about your opinion of NCAA <laughs> it's about you. football. It's about you, though. It's about. It's it, not about it's, you, it's, it's about, about you. you. You should take this 100% personally. I'm blushing. Don't take it's it personal, but <laughs> don't take it personal, but take it personal. It's not about you, but it's about <laughs> you. So how in the world okay here here's first off i almost gave you a pass because you're like you know what not everybody is into the same video games right not everybody you know deals with the same stuff but for you to say you don't like ncaa football and then say you've never played it what that is just disrespectful i mean how do you go over to a buddy's house here's the thing right you go to your buddy's house and you want to play him in madden okay you want to play him in madden there's what maybe like six good teams to choose from, right? You pick like right. maybe maybe three. Someone picks one team, it could just be a juggernaut, and you might not even have the, uh, another team to match up to compare it with, right? Uh, you you pick with the Patriots. I guarantee you, for whatever reason, Madden has their team throttled to be better than what they're even rated, just because. But when you play NCAA with your buddy at your buddy's house, you maybe you don't play it that much. Man, you can pick so many football teams, and they're gonna be good. They're gonna be competitive. And for me, I don't know, I'm the guy that I have an issue with Raiders football. And I like my players, my certain players. So I, I, I think I hit my limit on certain things because I like to throw <laughs> to certain players. I like certain things to happen. You know what I mean? So NCAA has been my outlet because you get on there. They don't have no names. They don't have hardly no rating. They're all about the same. They're pretty balanced. And for the most part, the gameplay, I would say to me, the option. Oh, absolutely revolutionized just beautiful football game beautiful it oh i mean i think the first time i played it uh it was back in the in the reggie bush days oh toss okay. that guy an option and he's gone he's absolutely gone so yeah. that's where i had the most fun with it because he, he slowed the game down it was fun to enjoy you know a, a option sweep or, or or throw something out there you know the the, the small the, the little things in football ncaa man it was a uh I think a gateway to better Madden football games. So don't be getting on here. I know, I know you're sitting here gearing up 
and ready to come back at me. But <laughs> I mean, don't that's, be disrespected in my football game, man. <laughs> that's the other thing about NCAA is I feel like in Madden, outside of like the pa- the Panthers offense, all the freaking offenses are the same. In NCAA, all of them are damn near unique. You got so many different options, so many different things to do, so much way- more ways to keep the game interesting. Like it's just a trash take to discredit it. Trash take. Trash. It's funny how you guys brought up, or Cody brought up, like, see, I could play with everyone. What kind of, like, that? okay, you want a participation award? That's the that's some kind of crap that I don't want. It's like, oh, everyone gets a ribbon so you can play with everyone. I'm like, no, screw that. I want an edge. This is, this, this, is why, this is why you play in the pro video game, Madden. You get the competitive edge. If you're not smart enough to do that, then you suck. If you can't win with the losers, then you suck. Why you got to play with freaking everyone on an equal balance scale? That's not life, my friend. That's not life. And plus... Why is it trash? I never played it. Well, I never seen the New York Knicks either, but that doesn't mean I don't know they're trash. So what the hell? <laughs> okay, Dude, to, but with that argument, the Knicks have them. a record where you can just look at it and be like, oh yeah, they've won two games in the last 50. They suck. No, all I need to do is just listen to what everyone's saying. What everyone's saying is that NCAA is trash. The Knicks suck. Plus, I don't. You're the only one saying that. We've had two people on here, and they both told you you're trash, bro. I don't need to see the record. I've already seen them. I've already. We've already had this discussion. All right, you guys are at the kitty table, sipping on some Shirley Temples. I'm over here at the at the high end of the bar, playing Madden with my martini on the side, dry as the desert. So have fun with your little umbrella cocktail drinks with your little booster chairs that you need to help you because, oh, every team is on an equal level. I need I need equality on this game. Like, come on. This is video games, you man. You know what? Fuck that participation yep. crap. For well, the you record. know what? You can you, Hold on to your participation crap. And me and Matt, we're going to get together. We're going to have ourselves an NCAA uh, <laughs> session here pretty soon. Jose, you're not invited. Me, I call the Michigan Wolverines. You guys can do whatever you want. I'm out, I'm out of this conversation. Jose, you know what, man? I respect you on a lot of things, but your NCAA take, man, that's it. It, it, it does it in for me. I'm glad, I'm glad we're Raider fans and not college football fans because I don't think we'd get along. For the record, kinda, that's I now – I don't mind USC. For the record, now that's two guests that we've had that Jose has been – I've told Jose he's completely wrong on his takes. So, I don't know, Jose. Odds aren't looking in your favor. <laughs> What is that? So there's nothing you guys can bring, even statistically wise. If I wanted to go that route, that says NCAA is better than Madden. So we're just bringing we're just bringing our, our raw opinion because we just, played the game, Jose. We play. We play. I can play with any team, and it's fair. I think uh, our listeners are about as exhausted with the NCAA takes as I am talking about it. So. Uh, I don't think as much them. as the take so much is just the the chaos that stems from it. It's like the I one with just Mo and Mo is pretty funny too. Oh, I think yeah. they just fast forward through Jose's opinion. I, I mean, <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I think. It, it probably goes pretty quick here. I'm sure for the listeners. <laughs> Big thank you to Cody for coming on with us. Um, Cody, where can the good people find you? Well, you can find me uh, in a couple places on Twitter. You can follow me. At Raider Cody underscore. I got the ugly underscore on there because some jerk <laughs> took it jacked. before me. I won't. He wouldn't give it up, man. I, I even asked him nicely. He wouldn't give it up. Wanted me to pay him. I was like, okay, screw you. But you can find me at Raider Cody underscore or at Raider Cody pod. Uh, my podcast stuff's on there as well. Um, Jose was uh, somewhere in there in one of the episodes, maybe episode <laughs> nine. I'm 
I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the number now. We're up to like. We're working on I think episode 29 now. Nice. So he's down in there. He's one of our first guests, um, and I appreciate him bringing me on as one of their first guests too. You guys are. Of course. Man, you guys are doing us uh, already a really great job. I think your audio already sounds better than mine did this many episodes <laughs> in. So uh, and I'm really it. impressed. And yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. For those of you who don't know already, you can find us on Twitter at, at @sweetflyjose. Where can they find you? At jsanch under underscore twenty one. That underscore is a problem as well for me, Cody, which I still need to fix. <laughs> figure, we'll figure it out somewhere down the line. At some point, we'll be complaining. But no, guys, follow follow Cody's podcast too, man. His yeah, if you if, sure. if you like ours, you're gonna like his better because he actually gets like star studded lineups and everything with better takes than ours. Apparently, since mine sucks, so uh, <laughs> just stick yeah, to Raiders football. Like, uh, yeah, stick to football. One of those things. Yeah, um, go make, definitely make sure recommend the uh, Max Crosby and Jason Kabita interviews. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me on, man. No problem. Bring it, bring well, it on again soon, definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah. there we go. I, I want to have you guys too. We need to set something up. Yeah, um, we gotta get it together. Popular to fit us in. That's why. I got a few weeks. I hey, no, it's okay though. You know, I got uh, a lot of spots for some contributors. I still have a lot of discussion periods going on. Um, coming on soon. If you guys start tuning in, we'll definitely have uh, Matt and Jose on soon. Actually, this week a little bit of a, a sneak peek. I haven't told anybody. I don't know mm-hmm. when this episode's dropping. Um, but we're supposed to have an interview with Mr. Ian Rappaport this week. So that oh, should be. Oh, let's go. Uh-huh. That's sweet, man. Awesome. Yeah, guys gotta good. listen to him. He gets the all-star lineup. We just get like like the G League team, if that. Hey, <laughs> it, it, this is where you start, man. This is where I started too. You know what I mean? All right, All right everybody. Until next time. <laughs>